The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Yes, sir. Second time doesn't matter. No, me, no, the voice, no, the guy. It's me, really, real, villain, real, too, real from Jim here at your service. And you can hear me this time. <laughs> and if you have no idea what you're talking about, it's because we cut all of that out of the earlier version. So it is what it is. All right. We have the playoff picks for a Sunday slate in the NBA. Currently going on is the game one of the Nuggets and Sun series. Uh, time recording, it's halftime. 68-51. Nuggets are up at home, shooting incredibly at home as well. Got my guy Delonte Smith with me. Delonte, what's going on? Not much, man. Looking forward to breaking down Sunday. Uh, hopefully the Nuggets can hold on and not uh, piss down the leg. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I fairly expected game one to go like this. I thought that they have a little bit more energy in game one. The line definitely said it as it kept creeping from two and a half to three and a half to four. So, uh, no surprise here for game one for the Denver Nuggets, but we are here to talk about business. And <laughs> every time I'm glad I missed the first version. Yeah, I don't know. It was just I forgot to unmute myself. It doesn't normally happen. All right. Uh, let's move on to actually talking about Sunday. There's nothing to recap because we don't know how everything it turns out tonight. So while we wait for those to come in, we have my chance to come back and rebuttal about a series. <laughs> the Miami Heat are traveling to play the New York Knicks. The line for tomorrow opened up at five. It's down to four and a half. So money coming in on the Heat here, pushing that line down. 207 and a half is the total. So my thoughts for game one pretty much echo my thoughts of the series and it's the fact that I don't trust the Miami Heat to score after one series. Like that's pretty much it. Like I mean if I'm being completely honest, I don't trust the Miami Heat to score after one series. We see what the Knicks did to the Cavs and we see that their ability that they understand they can guard. We've seen this all year with the Knicks being able to guard uh the Heat, guard other teams. They've been a really good defensive team over the course of the entire season, but for this matchup with the Miami Heat, you have a team that came into the playoffs, the last-ranked team in points per game scoring, one of the last-ranked offensive-rated teams in the, in all of the NBA. They lose their second-leading scorer to a broken hand. He's out for this series as well. And I'm just expect like, just because they played the Bucks and they were able to score the Bucks that I'm taking this team as a good, like a team that can score consistently. No, we know that, you know, what you do in one series is not what you do in the next. And I'm not going to just sit here and, and turn a blind eye to a team for what, six, seven months, couldn't score the freaking basketball. And now I think that they're going to score over the course of the playoffs. No, absolutely not. Jim Butler had an amazing series last go around. I think he'll be, he'll be given a bunch of different looks by Tom Thibodeau. Uh, he's going to know exactly, you know, how to guard him because of the history that they do have together. This is going to be a fun series. I think it is going to be a little bit of a battle, but 
I'm still ultimately on the Knicks for the series and in game one. I think that they're going to have issues with Jalen Brunson. And as you saw in the regular season, when they started to double Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson took that and was able to get the ball to playmakers hands and get it to other guys on his team that can shoot. Uh, Obi Toppin has gotten more minutes. He's been more productive in his offensive minutes. We'll see Grimes if Grimes can hit his shot from the outside. Emmanuel quickly didn't have a good series last go around. We expect him to have a better series against the Heat here. So, yeah, I think it's all Knicks, and I think it's going to lean on the offense and the number of options from one all the way down to nine on the Knicks that can actually go out there and score the basketball. So I'm on the Knicks here, minus four and a half. Delonte, what say you? Yeah, I'm probably going to be um, oppo. And obviously, in the series, we talked about it earlier in, in game one. Uh, I don't disagree with any of the stuff you said. Miami's obviously not going to shoot that good um, from deep or from the floor. Regular season matchups, both of these teams shot the cover off the ball. Um, New York shot 52% from the field, 39% from three. Uh, Miami shot 48% from the field and uh, 44 from three. So the pace has picked up. Both teams are playing with a little bit more pace. I think so. The the total to go over, I know we're going to talk about that in a while. That's probably one of my favorite plays with both teams being able to push it in transition and uh, Miami's increased half-court sets because they were 24th in half-court points per position, uh, 96.7. Uh, that's what they were in the regular season, all the way up to 103.3, and that's against the top – well, top three rated defense in the NBA. So, I mean – I just think from matchup, like from a matchup perspective, that it's not going to have to be all on Jimmy like it was against the against the Bucks. I think that New York poses a lot of different threats to um, what Jimmy can do. Not saying that they'll be able to stop him, but I think those other guys uh, will benefit from from Tibbs probably double teaming Jimmy. Uh, they ran a lot of double teams at him in the regular season. Uh, not saying that you know that's going to continue over or you know, continue doing the same thing because pretty sure Jimmy watched the film. But, yeah, I think just Miami's ability to be able to stop the Knicks as far as half-court sets because the Knicks, I mean, they they play well, but, I mean, it's just like the the Cavs are just inept offensively. Their wings are inept offensively. Now, some of that had to do with the Knicks' defense. Uh, of course, they went from 19th. In points per possession defense to first in the playoffs, uh, really put a hurting on Mitchell and Garland at the point of attack. But their offense didn't do as well as people think. Um, they were 20th in points per possession in the half court. They were running in transition, but Miami is like really elite in stopping transition, top 10 in points per possession allowed in transition. So it's going to be interesting to see the matchups and how. Uh, Spo plays Brunson. I'm not sure he'll be able to double him as much with the confidence that RJ has, just depending on the lineups. Obviously, quickly he's going to play better. Um, but all in all, I mean, I expect a good series. I don't think it. I don't think either team will like blow the doors off of the other, um, unless you know it's a crazy shooting night for one of the other teams. But yeah, I'm leaning with the with the Heat. Uh, I bet plus five. I still bet it plus four and a half. Um, as far as the series price, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I think the series price is kind of outrageous. So um, I'll be on it. I'll be on the Miami Heat plus the five. I won't play the money line just yet, but I'll just play plus five, plus four and a half. All right. I, yeah, no, I couldn't 
disagree more. I just, I, I mean, we, we talk about, you know, how bad that the Cavs were offensively. The Heat were still worse. Like, the Heat were still a worse team because they were no, there was no other team that was worse than them over the course of the season. So, yeah, Miami just, just has better, better wing depth than, than what the Knicks, than what the, uh, the Cavs have. That's, that's the main issue. And as far as like, and yet they Brown, still couldn't score the basketball anymore. Like, I just, I, I cannot sit here and say that I'm going to believe Miami is any different than any other eight seed that we've seen come through. Just because they beat the Bucks, a team that they that they know they have history with, like I'm, we nobody's like them beating the Bucks. I don't think anybody was ever sitting there like, oh my god, I'm genuinely shocked. This isn't like the Believe Warriors <laughs> winning as an eight seed. Like, uh, no, this is actually like they. There's everybody's like, oh okay, like I kind of you know they nobody said they saw this coming or nobody's sitting there throwing the praises that oh I had he I had he I had he but. Like I, nobody's nobody's scared of the Miami Heat. Like nobody's scared of the Miami Heat. They're not a team that you're terrified of. And I just think that this Knicks team is better equipped just because of how depth they, the depth that they have and the lack of expectations that is upon that team right now. And it's just like, hey, we made it to the second round. Like at the end of the day, this is probably you know a win for our organization, our fans. The fact that we even made it to the second round. Now let's see, house money. We're playing with house money. So oh, man, I think the Knicks come out come out really, really quickly. I like the Knicks first half, too. I think that they feed into the energy of Madison Square Garden and catch the Miami Heat in a little bit of a letdown spot, absolutely demolishing and just uh, handling a Bucks team that just couldn't adjust to them. Yeah, they got to cut down on the turnovers, too. They turned the ball over a lot in the regular season. Um, the Knicks did. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just that for matchup-wise, like the – they. The, the Cavs were playing with, like, three non-scores. It's going to be some type of scoring from all five guys uh, on the Heat. Now, whether they can produce or not is yet to be seen still in, in this matchup. But I think it's better equipped matchup-wise for uh, for the Heat. So that's what I'm ba- really banking on. It's just from a matchup perspective, they match up better uh, with the Knicks than the Cavs do. But Total set at 207.5. What do you like there? I loved it over and, and I think it was I think it's this season all of them were pretty much similar scoring two games went under two games went over but they flew over the two games that flew over uh, that went over flew over the two games that went under could have went either way uh, I mentioned the transition numbers for both teams uh, 28th in transition and uh, in the regular season was Miami the third uh, scoring two times as more running a lot more the Knicks also running in transition. They are, um, let me see what I got. They were 16th in transition points per possession. Now they're fourth. Uh, they're running almost 5% more um, in their recent possessions. Um, so I think it'll get up and down. I think both teams will be able to make shots. Uh, Miami, both teams don't have a lot of rim protection. I mean, Mitchell Robinson is there, mostly rebounding. Uh, Bam is the only, I guess, quote-unquote center that they have. So, it's going to be a freeway to the basket if they can get them in some pick and roll situations. But yeah, I like the over. I think both teams come out. Uh, they might not hit 40, 45% of the shots, but I do think that they uh, they have success offensively on both sides. Yeah, I am. I lean over as well. Uh, I'm kind of kind of lean uh, kind of scared of a hangover from the Miami Heat and just how well the Knicks are defensively and I know that they've been able to play them but 
Nick, that Knicks team total is at 105 and a half. They went over that in three of the four matchups this season. And the one being that last one in the regular season where it was a lot more slower paced of a game. Julius Randle went down with injury as well. That was the, mm-hmm. that was the game that he originally uh, rolled that ankle. That's kind of still giving him problems to this day. So, But before that, they put up 120 in a loss, 122 in a win, 106 in a win. And I – I truly think that there's just too many options for this Miami Heat. Like, I think that the Heat defense is just kind of getting by off reputation and reputation alone this season. And, you know, it's not getting called out for how how much they can give up from the three-point line. It's not getting co- called out for what they give on the outside. Bam Adebayo's had a little bit of a down year here defensively. And so, yeah, I think that this is a spot where I, I believe the Knicks are going to be able to score. I don't know about the Miami Heat, but their total is, is low, like 102 and a half, like – but I'm, I'm, I trust the Knicks to be able to get over 106. So I'll go over team total 105.5 for the New York Knicks minus 115. Yeah, and both teams, uh, well, you mentioned about uh, Miami giving up. Yeah, 29th and three point frequency allowed. So if the Knicks can bury some jumpers, it'll be there. They're 25th in rim percentage defense, 30th in mid range percentage defense. So they'll have some opportunities to score. Uh, I think the Knicks will. Will pose some threats offensively to be able to knock down some shots. Is Grimes good to play? Him and Randall are both like questionable. Um, They're both questionable. Yeah, I, I kind of I think Grimes is is in for a decent series if he plays, especially being able to knock down um, the jumper from the outside. All right, props. Any props you like in this one? Yeah, I don't see I don't see a quickly prop. Do you see quickly any props anywhere for you? I guess they're waiting on the Grimes and Randall stuff. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, he's coming off the bench. They normally wait a little bit closer to game time yeah. to start putting out bench players' props. Yeah, so he was horrible in game. It was horrible in round one. Twenty five percent from deep, thirty seven percent from the field. He had two games where he did not even record a made field goal. Um, in two of the three matchups in March, he was able to you know pour in over twenty. So he's had some success against the Heat. Um, in Miami, I mentioned Miami allows twenty ninth, twenty twenty ninth. Uh, most three-point attempts uh, frequency-wise and 30th in mid-range defense. So off the pick and roll, um, off the pin down, he should be able to have success there. So I like him over. I'm, I can't give out a number, um, obviously, but it should be around 12.5 to 13.5, anywhere between that range, depending on if Randall and Grimes both play. But I've seen 12.5, 13.5 as far as his being consistently lined at that number. Um, I like – let's see, what else do I like? I like RJ under under 18 and a half points. I like the Heat's defenders being able to make it tough for him. Vincent is probably going to be the primary defender. Uh, he had a lot of success against RJ in the regular season, held him to six of 17 um, from the field when he was guarding when he was guarding him. Um, I mentioned the Cavs' lack of wings, so that was, you know, uh, credit to RJ for making him pay for it. Uh, but the, the Heat had better wings as far as defensive-wise. Caleb Martin coming off the bench uh, gave Vincent Struess to a certain extent. So I think the Heat make him uh, work a little bit harder. So I'm on him under 18 and a half points. And that's for the Knicks. For the Heat, I like Kevin Love over one and a half threes. Over in four of the last uh, five games in round one. Uh, he only played 11 minutes in the game that he didn't go over on. Uh, he shot 43% from deep. Should see consistent minutes in this series because he doesn't have uh, as much of a mismatch. Um, so the volume would be there. He shot over six a game in the last five, which is obviously the round one series. Um, and I like Bam, over 29.5 PRA. Better matchup for him with New York's front line. 
not being as good as defensively as Milwaukee's. Uh, he gained some confidence in the total or oh, in the latter part of that series, averaging 31 um, PRA in round one, despite some foul trouble in game three and five. So in order for Miami to have success in the win, he's got to play really, really well. So I think that starts in game one. All right. Uh, I have a couple of things circled here. Jim Butler under 30 and a half points. I just don't think that he's one uh, motivation-wise in that series. I feel like that was in a very emotional series for him, especially after – just think about, like, the history of the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat them in the bubble. Everybody says it's a fluke, it's a fluke, it's a fluke. Come back next year, get swept by them in the first round, and then now you have the opportunity to kind of, you know, prove that you weren't just a bubble team and go at them in a series, and they didn't, and the Bucks never adjusted. So – uh, I, I think that he's going to get a lot of different defensive looks. He's going to get Josh Hart. He's going to get Grimes on him. He's going to get double team at different points. Like there's going to be a whole lot of opportunities uh, to defend Jimmy Butler. So under 30 and a half, I don't think he comes out with the same mentality here. And the Knicks rattle him a little bit. They've they've had some games against them. So uh, Jalen Brunson over five and a half assists, minus 115. And it's just more of the fact of you got to get the ball out of his hands. And I think that's what they're going to attempt to do, especially with a batter, with the, you know, Julius Randle walking around on a peg leg. Uh, they're definitely going to find different ways to make him make somebody else beat them and not Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson probably gets off to an early start. And then he's going to look to be a more of a distributor and facilitator for the rest of the game. So over five and a half assist. I really like that play there. And let's go to uh, – he might make me eat shit. Uh, let's go with Mitchell Robinson over nine and a half rebounds. <laughs> and it's because the Miami Heat are really, really bad at rebounding. And Bam is really – I mean, I'm not going to speak on Bam too much, but just know that I trust Mitchell Robinson as the best rebounder. He was the best big in the last series. Hopefully he can take that momentum and really carry that over into this series. And this is going to be the game that's kind of tell me if what I'll do with Mitchell Robinson for the rest of the series. But I think that he's going to have the opportunities. I think there's going to be a, a, a number of misses here, and I expect to see Mitchell Robinson clean up on the glass. So I'll take Mitchell Robinson over nine and a half rebounds and maybe Julius Randle too at over seven and a half. That looks very tempting. So uh, I like the rebounding uh, for the Knicks. I think they'll dominate on the glass. Anything else you got? Nah, that's it. That's all I have. All right. Let's move on to the greatest two words of all in sports. Game seven. The Golden State Warriors go back to Sacramento to play the Sacramento Kings. Warriors open up as a minus one favorite. The Kings are now favored by minus one and a half. 229 and a half is the total. Injury report is not pulled up yet, so let me get that. All right, here for the game seven, we have Patrick Baldwin Jr. out. Other than that, pretty good. Clean for the Sacramento Kings. You know De'Aaron Fox is still dealing with that finger, but he's playing through it and playing pretty well actually so all right you are have a home favorite of minus one and a half sacramento game seven yeah i love sacramento in the game i love the more series i think they are the better team 
overall. I think they're very equipped to uh, handle a game seven, especially with it being in their building with some of the better fans um, in the building. I mean, in the uh, NBA, one of the best atmospheres. Now, of course, Golden State is not going to be rattled by any means, uh, but it, I'm going to be looking for who comes out like fast because if if the King come out and they're rolling and they got those guys going downhill and Golden State's kind of in no man's land like they were on their own home court, then I think the Kings might blow them, might blow the doors off him. Uh, Mike Brown was stressing that he wanted to play fast. He keeps talking about playing fast and playing faster. I think the Golden State Warriors are wearing down with some of those guys not being able to keep up, specifically the bench unit. And he found something with the small lineup with Trey Lyles at the five. I think that negates some of the things that being able to put pool on the floor. Looney's going to kill him on the glass regardless, so it, it really don't it really doesn't matter. Trey Lyles chipped in; he had nine boards uh, in that game six. So, and Keegan Murray had a good game also. I think him getting going, him and Herder got going at the right time. I think they'll like like to see the ball go in at home. Both of them play be, play better at home. Um, so, man, I think it's a home run spot for the Kings. I think they they get it done and, and win in convincing fashion. Uh, so everything has come true up until this point said that I thought this was going to seven we're here at seven I said I thought that both teams won a road game while they didn't win the road game I was anticipating they both won a road game can Golden State do it on the road again I am, I think it's possible. And it really depends on, I think if this is a shootout in Sacramento, Sacramento's going to win. If we're sitting here and we're talk, you're talking about this as a high-scoring game, they're going blow for blow, I think at the end of the day, De'Aaron Fox, and it's, it looks like something kind of clicked there in game five where he realized that he can play on that finger and he was starting to become more effective on that finger, especially uh, towards the later part of the game, the later part of the day. But the, so the here, but here you have the Warriors championship pedigree. If they get anything going defensively in this game, then I think that they are, they're in it to win. Like, honestly, if this is an under game, I see, I can only see it as Golden State fighting through, uh, I think I'm on the king still. I think I'm going with my... <sighs> Do I trust Golden State on the road in Game 7? I trust them in a Game 7 on the road in a Game 7. This I, I think we... The line moved towards the Kings. Money's coming in on the Warriors. A little bit of reverse line movement there. I I understand why everybody would say Warriors, but I agree. I just think that the Kings overall are just a better team right now uh, and just how they're playing together and the what they're getting out of everybody outside of Kevin Herter. <laughs> uh I think Malik Monk is provides too much of a spark, and honestly, I I think we deserve to see a Malik Monk and Darren Fox in a closeout game. 
kind of just take over. Like if we if this game was over and you told me both of them had 30 plus, I would not be surprised at all. I think that this is absolutely the moment that both of them live for. So yeah. Let's just do it. I'll go with Sacramento. Give me Sacramento minus one and a half. But I think this is going to be a good game. I don't think that this is going to depoint. This is the game seven that we need for the first round. All right. Total's at 229 and a half. I lean over because I think Sacramento's going to win. And I just think that if they win, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be one of those 127 to 125 type games. But what do you have here for the total? Yeah, I'll link to the under. I think they proved in game six that they can be able to win a low-scoring game also. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it closed at. I just know it went under. I can't remember exactly what the number was. That but... game closed at, uh, what's that, One, two twenty-seven. Well, And what did it What did it end at? Like that 227? No, it's not 227. That's 217. I lied. <laughs> so that's what, that's what the total was in, in game six, like? Yeah, that's what it one eighteen yeah. ninety nine. So two. Yeah. 17. So I think they, I think they proved, and they did that on the Warriors floor, where the Warriors are have been, you know, electric. So the defense of Mike Brown, he did some, he did some things, switched some things up with that small ball lineup, and I think that really worked. Offensively, I think the Kings they might be a little bit tight at first, just a little bit, um, and that might, you know, that might get them going later on because De'Aaron Fox had he didn't have a good half. Uh, in game six, I think he'll come out a little bit stronger. But some of those guys, Sabonis obviously has to play better. Uh, and I think that they'll be more defensive minded uh, in this game. I think the Warriors also will bring some defensive intensity. If you think about it, I mean, the Warriors, they are the champs in battle tested, but they haven't been in a lot of game sevens. I think in the current era, they only have four game sevens, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I mean, I know the Kings are young, but I think they'll be locked in defensively and be able to get just enough on the offensive end to to get the Warriors out of here. So I like the end. All right. And what props are you t- looking at in this one? Uh, I'm looking at two. As I mentioned the, the small the small lineup. That's what ultimately won in the game. I think Mike Brown continues that, and he'll he'll rely on you know Lyle's shot making to overcome his rebounding uh, deficiencies even though, you know, he had nine in that game six, but he'll get more minutes. And when he gets more minutes, he's been productive. And in this game seven, I think he'll be pretty much the X factor. Uh, so I like him over his points. Uh, I'm assuming it'll be like around 10 and a half, 10 and a half, 11 ish. Uh, also, I know it's, it's going to be like, really, you have to sweat it and you're not going to like it, but I like Steph under 32 and a half. Uh, he's been under in five of the six games this series. It's, I know it's always dangerous playing a Steph under, but I think it's like slightly too high. He averages 28 for uh, for his career in game sevens, and he hasn't cracked 30 in the most recent two game sevens that he played in. Um, the small ball lineup, it did give him some different looks, and he wasn't able to create those mismatches that he would be if he was playing against a bonus on the pick and roll um, or even Alex Lynn to a certain extent. So I think it's slightly inflated, so I'm going to go under 32 and a half for, uh, for Steph. All right. Uh, Draymond Green. Points, rebound, and assists at 22 and a half. In Draymond's career in game seven, 
he has gone over that number in every single game seven, every single game seven he's played in. He has gone over 22 and a half in points, rebound, and assist since 2014. Uh, 24.7 rebounds, three assists, 11 points, nine rebounds, four assists, 20, 32 points, 15 rebounds, nine assists in the uh Game seven against the Cavs and 10 rebounds, 13, no, 10 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists. He fills up the stat sheet. He understands the, you know, the pivotalness and what is needed from him in a game seven and for him to be very well balanced and to be able to distribute as a floor general, to be able to rebound off the glass, to be able to score if needed. And he's looked to score a lot more with playing at that second unit. It how Steve Kerr has the rotation right now and him coming off of the bench and kind of keeping that second unit going. He's been a, a little bit more of a scorer as well. So I, I like Trayvon Green points, rebound and assist. Uh, I like his individual rebound prop as well. I think that he's going to get over the is it still at six and a half? Yes, I think he, I think he starts uh, the game seven too. I don't think he comes up to benching. I think he's going to start. That's just me. Either way, I just think that. No, no, you know, no I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. In general. Yeah, in general. So give me uh, Draymond's over six and a half rebounds as well. I like that play. Uh, going over to the Kings, I'm, I told you the guys that I'm trusting, and I think that they're going to be able to to come up big in this spot. Malik Monk over seventeen and a half. De'Aaron Fox over twenty eight and a half. I probably won't bet De'Aaron Fox actually that prop. I probably just wait until and see how he starts the game. Uh, if he starts the game slow and I get a lower number on De'Aaron Fox, I'll probably play him live and get him in the second half and take his second half over uh, on the points on the points total. But I'm definitely playing Malik Monk over seventeen and a half. I think Malik Monk is probably somebody that I'm looking to ladder for tomorrow and just say that he has a really really good game for them coming off the bench and he can be that x factor for them to really help keep them in this game cuz you're going to get everything from the warriors Andrew Wiggins is going to have something to say Jordan Poole's going to have something to say Clay Thompson who's had a great series he's going to have something to say Steph even though you don't think he's going to get through his 32 and a half he's still going to have something like there's going to be a lot of offense coming at them and I think they're going to have to find ways to counterpunch and that's going to rest on Malik Monk. And I also think it's going to be Keegan Murray, who stepped up in the past couple of games in this series. I'll take Keegan Murray's over two and a half threes with Kevin Herter just being <laughs> obsolete in the series and unusable, like very much unusable. He finally somewhat broke through daylight, and that was for 12 points last game. But he hasn't been usable at all this series. And you might I wouldn't be surprised if his minutes go down for more Davion Mitchell minutes just to limit – some of that scoring of the Golden State Warriors. So I like Keegan Murray to help out over two and a half threes as well. All right. Let's see here. That's it for the two-game breakdown. Let me talk to you about Shady Rays and our look. You got to get your hand on a pair of Shady Rays. You can get two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses for 50% off with promo code SGPN. They got you handled from the slopes to the sun. Don't have to worry about it. And they have an amazing return policy where, look, if you lose or break your pair on day one, they'll send you a new pair, no questions asked. Like, not even, no, no questions asked. They're going to take care of you. And they have a good return policy. If you do not like them, you can exchange them for a new pair or get your money back for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com. Use promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses.
All right. Let's talk about the series preview. As I told you, we'd be doing uh, every day for the second round. We'll be handicapping the next round series the day before that series kicks off. So on Monday, you will see the Boston Celtics start their series with the Philadelphia 76ers. Celtics are currently a minus 460 favorite 76ers plus 360. And the big news here is that it was reported earlier today that John Beads has an MCL sprain, it looks like, an MCL sprain, and he actually will not be able to uh, – it looks like he's doubtful for game one. Still a possibility he could play, but doubtful for game one. We'll see when, if he comes back for this series, but that's a huge blow for the 76ers. So what do you think about this series with Boston with that information? Yeah, it throws a, it throws a big a big wrench inside it. Um, I think that I thought Boston would win the series with Embiid, but without him, I don't think they have. Um, I don't think they'll have to exert as much energy. Now the 76ers, I think that they'll cover some numbers for sure because we've seen what Boston is capable of doing against teams that lack. Uh, obviously, their second best player, I guess, if you want to, depending on what you think about Trey. Um, in Atlanta. So they tend to look over teams and play to the play to the level of competition at times. Their clutch numbers down the stretch as a team is is down bad, which caused them to lose last year. Um Missoula is a wild card, of course, but you have Doc Rivers on the other side. Again, I think the I think the 76ers can cover some numbers, but I don't think they have a shot to to beat Boston um, in the regular season and be dominated. He had a 52 point game. He had a 41 point game if I'm not mistaken also. Um, and I mean, let's just be honest. We need 23 Harden to carry a playoff team, and I mean, I'm not even sure he's the best player. I think Maxi's Maxi's that guy, and Maxi didn't have a lot of success against the Celtics defense because of that perimeter defense that they have with those guys like Smart, Brogdon, White, um, Tatum to a lesser extent. So yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for for Philly to to win here. Um, I mean, Embiid, it just sucks for Embiid, man. I, I just – it seems like every other year something happens to him. So I kind of feel bad for him. Um, I would probably pay Boston a win in five, to be honest, if you want to get a, a good price for it. But I do think seven, the 76ers will compete and cover some numbers. But I don't think they have a shot to win the series. Yeah. Um, I can't really say that I – uh, expect them to win the series without Joel Embiid. Hopefully, this is just a one-game thing, and he just needed a little bit more extra time. But he had about a week off already, and they're already saying he's doubtful. So that's now no good. But uh, I, I think I'm I'd be willing to reevaluate if Joel Embiid does come back into the series because I think that he, at least this year against Boston has shown that he can really, really take over a game and really, really help be that extra push to get to get the 76ers over the hump, especially against the Boston team that's kind of been playing with their food, you know, over the course of the season, definitely in last series. And if they take if they give the 76ers chances like they gave the Hawks chances, then I don't think it's going to be the same outcome for him this time around, especially if Joel Embiid does end up coming back and playing in the lineup. So uh, I still don't trust Boston to get this done in the amount of time they probably should get it done. So I see a minus 150 on the 76ers plus two and a half. 
I still like that. I kind of wanted to go one and a half, but I really need to see Joel and B come back in this series. And that's probably something I can evaluate a little bit later. And so if Joel Embiid is officially ruled out, I'm I'm fine not placing futures bets on this series and just waiting because I don't I don't trust the Boston Celtics. Like I've already been on record saying this, I don't trust Boston Celtics. I'd rather wait, let them go ahead get a one game lead as they probably would have done regardless, and reevaluate when we hear if a Joel Embiid's good for Game Two, he's good for the rest of the series. He's going to be able to play, but that's a really, really big injury. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit too much to expect of 76 to overcome that with the basic MVP being out for them. So Maxi, yeah, I think he's going to have a good series. And that's what they really have to lean on. They have to push the pace and really make Boston run the entire series. But just more Paul Reed. That's I'm, I'm fine with that. More Paul Reed. So. Like you said, I think that they'll cover some games for us. I'm not willing to get down on a series bet right now because I just want to get the best number with the 76ers I can, and I could probably get that after a loss in game one if Joel yeah. B does not play. Yeah, I would say if anybody wants to bet the Sixers, just wait until they might get blitzed in, in game one. Um, Stuff that's coming out. I think that I think that the Hawks series kind of like woke them up a little to – to like, okay, let's just try to get this over with. They know that they know the 76ers are gonna get out man, so they want to come out and be dominant. So I think game one is literally a smash spot for them. Um, you mentioned Paul Reed playing, so that means the pace is gonna be picked up. They're gonna have to play uh with a lot of speed and a lot of space. But I don't know, some of those guys like Tobias, you depending on Tobias Harris, um, again, Harden to carry you. Maxi struggled against this team. So you're gonna be relying on Shake Milton. Um, some of those other guys coming off the bench, which they're decent guys, but I think they're better suited for the seven or eight, eight option and not, you know, I guess four and five when they have to step up and be uh, and produce more than what they're used to. So, yeah, if you want if you want the 76ers or if anybody likes 76ers, just wait to after game one and maybe you get some good news with Embiid. Um, if not, then I mean, I'm pretty sure you're not putting a ton on it anyway, but I just, I just wait to reevaluate after afterwards. Like you said. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Before we get into our lock and dog, got to talk to you about underdog fantasy because underdog fantasy best ball mania four is here. Underdog is giving away $15 million in prizes, so start drafting your teams, and there's plenty of ways to win in the NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player parlays, but you got to get into your best ball drafts. So the draft just ended. You know where everybody, your landing spots for everybody. Tap into Best Ball Mania 4. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, lock and dog time. Lante, what do you have for us? Yeah, so I'm going to keep it simple. Um, I'm going to go with Miami for the dog. And for the lock, I'm going with Sacramento. Uh, I think I, we expanded on it a lot earlier. I think Sacramento's a better team. I think they'll perform better at home. Uh, they proved that they can win either style of game, no matter if it's up pay, up uh, up pace or just – you know, slow down a little, increase their defensive intensity. That's only going to, and if, if they did that on the road, imagine what there's going to be with the crowd behind them. So I like that. And um, the Heat uh, on the money line to win game one. So 
That was my lock and dog. All right, for my lock, I think this game goes over one way or another. Give me the over 207.5 for the Knicks and the Miami Heat. Yeah, I love that. For my dog, let's see here. What adjusted number can I get for Malik Monk? That will make it worth it. I don't want any puppy picks. We want actual dogs. Uh, Let's see. Malik Monk, I can go for... It's decent. Can we push that? Yikes. Huh. Yeah, I trust Malik Monk's going to score in this one. So give me Malik Monk, 25 plus, plus 460. I think he's going to be a very good, uh, very good for them off the bench, be able to score in a game seven, be that that second leading scorer for this team that helps push this team and makes them competitive in this game. Malik Monk for 25 points off the bench, that is plus 460. All right. Monta, anything else to repeat before we get up out of here? That's it, man. Good luck tomorrow uh, and find the best number. All right. If you're not, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SGPNMBA. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, all of that stuff. Like, comment, everything uh, on YouTube.com slash NBA Gambling Podcast. You know our social media. You know where to find us. We will be back on Monday, Moonoff and I, to talk about what is it, the What's the two games on Monday? So, yep. Game two of Phoenix and Denver and the game one of the Celtics in Philadelphia. And then we will also be pre. No, we won't be previewing anything because there is no new series the next day. So that's it. All right. I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. Just going to end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.